opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. We're in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that's a hard left wing position. Hard sort of left, the hard 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 left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 the hard left, the hard left, hard left, the hard left, hard left, And there we have it, we're here on Real Politic. <laughs> and um, yes, I'm joined with Jack Frayne Reed. Uh, you're joined with Jack Frayne Reed. I know. I'm here with Jack Frayne Reed. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> And shit on silent. Someone's on silent, please. <laughs> this is chaos. We'll, we'll, we'll try that again. Hello, oh, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with real politic. <laughs> so here, here we are on Real Polity. I'm here with Jack Frame Reed. Hello. And uh, Yaya Rice. Hi. And I'm Tom Foster. In this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the cinematic uh, oeuvre of the Lonely Island, as you would as you would say it, Jack. And um, the Lonely Island. I might be the only one who calls them that. Yeah, uh, I don't know where you got it from. It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, the cinematic oeuvre of the Lonely Island. What 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 films in particular, Tom? We're going to be talking about pop star Never Stop Never Stop Stopping. Never stop something. Never stop Never Stopping. Never stop Never Stopping. Yes. Never stop, never stop, 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 stopping. Something, yeah, yeah. Something, stop. something along those lines, yeah. And MacGruber. <laughs> yes. You've also seen uh, an earlier film directed by Akiva Schaefer of yeah, Bologna Island. Who, um, yeah, who's directed the majority of their music videos and co-directed yeah. pop star Never Stop Never Stopping with Jorma Tacconi. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Well, I saw, saw it. I haven't seen it any time recently. But um, yeah, I think it's one worth discussing. I think if you've seen it as well. As I've well. seen it a bit. <laughs> yeah, horror, which was uh, kind of it, kind of got sort of kind of very mixed critical reviews when it came out and stuff. Yeah, and, but um, people don't don't necessarily always get their films. I think Popstar got quite good reviews, but MacGruber was sadly overlooked. Yeah, and isn't there like talks of there being some sort of sequel to it as well? Yeah, apparently its star Will Forte and Jorma Tacconi are writing a script together for MacGruber 2, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. I hope it will see a return Val of Kilmer. Val Kilmer as the villainous cunt. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so, every time it's uttered on screen, it's sort of such, such zest. <laughs> cunt. <laughs> Let's go pounce and cunt. They do milk it, they do milk it. Um, it's glorious every moment. So uh, we also discussed uh, Seven Days in Hell. Yeah, Seven Days in Hell is uh, quite good, isn't it? None of the other members of the Lonely Island are involved in it than Andy Samberg, yeah, he's, um, yeah, 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 who's, who stars in it uh, as a tennis legend. But Will Forte, who plays MacGruber, is actually in it as well uh, yeah. as one of the Talking Heads, not not the band of David Byrne. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, it has Kit Harrington in it as well. It has numerous, um, what's his name from um, Portlandia? Uh, oh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen is in it as well. Yeah, as um, Edward Pudding, the <laughs> British guy. As Edward Pudding. <laughs> and it's a rather sinister performance by um, Michael Michael Sheen. Yeah, as a fucking nonce. Because it's sort of like nonce British uh, sports broadcaster who like turns Absolutely on disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with all the stuff coming out in Britain, particularly in kind of like history of like Jimmy child Stafford abuse and, and exactly yeah, like both yeah. entertainment and it's, sports industries. Yeah. It also reminds me of the, sort of that, that the Mitchell and Webb character, you know, the the Paul, uh, the yeah, Michael Sheen is is it's, it's an expected kind of performance to see him in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, he's in some interesting stuff. Like he's in this mini series, The Spoils of Babylon, and I think he was also in its sequel, um, The Spoils Before Dying, which mm. just Will, Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will oh, Ferrell sort of you. presents yeah. them. Yeah, they're they're like these parodies of like bloated American mini series. <laughs> yeah, and um, Will Ferrell plays the grand auteur behind them, uh, Eric John Roche, who introduces each episode, who's this like sort of big fat Orson Welles Quite type. Cocky in as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, Spoils Before Dying is kind of like that, but it's like this noir thing with uh, Michael K. Williams is is uh, very good. And Michael Sheen is in them. So where were we? <laughs> Seven Days in Hell. Yeah. Um, my, my daily life. <laughs> your daily life is, is yeah, seven days yeah. every day for me is worth seven days man yeah. <laughs> it's just a fucking grind <laughs> well until i quit my job <laughs> oh god we're, now we're ripping off the kraken podcast again which in in the episode i was in had a, had a celebratory bit about quitting your job so we're not ripping it off because i've never listened to that no offense guys <laughs> he's dissing you Fracking, can I come on your Yaya this episode? <laughs> like, Wait, can I come on your Yaya? <laughs> it will be like the roast of Donald Trump. It will, <laughs> it will finish your career forever. <laughs> so I'm going to be president. Sweet. Yeah, yeah you, you may never heard from him after that. Yaya 2020, just saying. <laughs> oh God, have you, have you heard Kanye's changed it to Kanye 2024? All oh, right, gonna run for Republicans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's gonna, gonna be Trump for his successor. I can't believe it. All his posts on his Twitter recently, like he's got these signed the Time magazine of Donald Trump. He's got that his yeah. own copy signed for him. I can't believe Trump forged his own copy of the issue that Simon Hedge's face was on the cover of. It's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Seven Days in Hell. It it is good. It's yeah. uh, it's yeah. funny. It's got a good bit about Swedish prison where it's just really nice. And it's like when uh, when somebody escapes from Swedish prison, they are <laughs> they are free according to Swedish law. Uh, that was that was good fun. Uh, and yeah, they just have they have a big luxurious orgy in in the showers every time. And it's like when when twenty when, foot dick when, flopping about. So when the news came, the men's penises all dropped at once. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it's basically just about Andy Samberg's character, who's uh, like the adopted brother of the Williams sisters. Uh, he has some like seven so, day. So the blind side reversed. Yeah. They, they say it, yeah. He has some seven day te- tennis off against Kit Harrington's 
character. Yeah, but we don't want to get too deep into all that yet, do we? Because we want to first talk about MacGruber, I think, and Popstar. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I think before that, we're just going to have a little recap of what films do three of us have yeah, really watched yeah, yeah. Like, in recent times. Because in the last episode we recorded, I don't know if that'll go out before or after this one, <laughs> <laughs> we... Um, <laughs> yeah, we we uh, talked about what has happened in politics since we recorded our last episodes. This time, we're going to talk about what has been going on in the world of cinema and whether that has been dialectically pleasing and, furthermore, ideologically correct. Spoiler oh. alert: probably not. <laughs> what large. are you saying about the the, the capitalist vultures of of the Hollywood uh, <laughs> cinema industry? The Hollywood cinema industry. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what has been in front of our eyes recently? Oh, um, misery and suffering. <laughs> Election results. Oh, uh, sorry, wait, no. Uh, that wrong episode. I saw um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You fucking Blair uh, cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> Tom has been sent to the show. I was, I was, yeah, I, I, was dry, I was dragged to go and see that. And, um, By the boys I, of progress. I, I, like, I haven't really seen tons of Harry Potter films, really. I've seen like the first... Really? You haven't watched all of them? I've seen the first... I've seen Philosopher's Stone, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Because of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, and then there's sort of that kind of like that. <laughs> you became a grown up. Yeah, and just kind of like, and then I saw the final two films. So I'm not sort of a big Harry Potter fan at all. Mm. I went to that kind of universe. But, um, I know, Jack, you're not particularly into the writings or opinions of the teachings. The teachings of uh, <laughs> the teachings of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> When I was when I was little, I did like her writing, but I don't like her teachings. That's for sure. I think, I think she has very trite and often dangerous liberal politics. Horseshoes. Um, yes. Very <laughs> in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I think the the main kind of wizarding body in America where this takes place just takes place in America in the nineteen twenties, early thirties. Mm. Um, they have the um, magical Congress of the United States of America. It's like it's something like that. I think it's. Ah, oh, she's just a fucking cop. It's just all this stuff in her in her stuff. Like it's just all this stuff in her stuff. It's just all like the establishment is is real good, and uh, you just got to join the establishment and make it gooder. It. I mean, it's very. It new... felt like a Lib Dem uh, party political broadcast. Or, or a new <laughs> Labour one. You know, like the Tories. Are, are, you know, the Tories have got good views, but the problem is they just don't do. Right, <laughs> they're just incompetent when it comes to being Tories. They're not good enough at being Tories, yeah. Yeah, it's <coughs> yeah. like join the Ministry of Magic, be a fucking Tory. Yeah, it's it's a it's something along those lines. The Magical Congress, of the United States of America. You know? I've um I've not seen the film in question, but I've I've heard that even just from a cinematic sort of point of view, that it's mostly just a setup for future films. Oh yeah, it's like, um, it's not got much meat to it. Like Johnny Depp just a... turns up at the end because he was pretending to be someone who was played by Colin Farrell. And mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how, that's, Wait, what that's how, is, that, is this the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus? An infinitely better film. Right? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's some good yeah. shit, actually. Um, yeah. 
Basically, Fantastic uh, Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it today. We are not in the pay of Warner Brothers. You know, don't. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jack? Have you seen anything uh, cool lately? Um, not cool, as it were. I, I, I've caught up, I think, mainly with like comedy and with some documentaries. Mm. So, comedy-wise, I watched the new Ghostbusters, which I think you guys yeah, see. Yeah, Tom? Oh, yes, the new Ghostbusters film. Mainly in the news a lot because not of the film, it's content itself, but because of the... Female cast? The female yes. cast. Fucking Nazi and dickheads. Didn't yes. they drive Leslie Jones off Twitter with some Probably. racist yeah, and misogynistic bullshit? So, yeah, Ghostbusters became a controversial film. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Mad Max was a fucking controversial film for What's some reason. Don't you remember all those MRAs who were getting all worked up because it had a, a strong female character, basically? I, and said it's I a feminist didn't film. remember that. I didn't remember that. No, no, I, no, I, I remember some like well. I remember to my liberals saying it was a feminist film because like you know they try and find like every, everything <laughs> they like is the most progressive yeah. thing ever uh, in their in their eyes. No, but but um, lots of MRAs saw, thought it was feminism. But <laughs> uh, no, um, I I didn't see that. I and I find it ridiculous that that anyone would get worked up about that film. Absolutely. It was alright. Like, it was a good film, Mad Max. I enjoyed that. But it's okay. yeah, that's okay. It was good entertainment. Too, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, well, but what problems really... there were with it? There were definitely yeah. was not the fact that there, there was. It was definitely not feminist. Uh, yeah, but there was, was a, a, a woman in it. Like that wasn't a problem no. at all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're just here dispensing these You're hard such a truths. misogynist. Jack. <laughs> we're just we're just <laughs> shutting down the MRAs once and for all. Like you know, the problem actually wasn't that there was a woman in it. The end, end of. There you go. That's, that's you know, that's anyway. you've seen off. What were we talking about? We were talking about Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, yes. Um, which I, I, I didn't think was a really good film, but I generally really like Paul Feig's comedies, mm. especially the ones where he puts women at the centre. So I thought Bridesmaids is really, really funny. And, Spy um, as well. Spy is, is really funny. Yeah. I probably prefer that to Bridesmaids. I finally saw Spy for the first time not long ago. Really? What do you, what do you make of it? Very enjoyable film. Very, very fun. Yeah, very I thought that was great. And generally... Good talent. Yeah, generally when he gets together with Melissa McCarthy in particular, mm. uh, it's really, yeah. really funny. Jason Statham is very funny in that film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Statham. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> fucking the boy Jude yeah, Law as well there, you know, yeah. pre-young Pope Jude Law before he really made it. <laughs> Dropping the young Pope in there. <laughs> yeah. Watch the young Pope. So that's good some show, subliminal messaging show. shit right there. And super liminal and just liminal. Subliminal, and... subliminal, super, watch, watch it. Watch All it. kinds of elimination. Hard left. Hard left. Shit, Chris Wesley's in the studio. I, mean, I, I felt, I felt <laughs> Ghostbusters was mediocre but passable, like just entertainment that got way more media attention than it deserved and uh, fell into the same trap as uh, other films of recent times with just, let's just remake everything, let's just continue mm. everything. Uh, well, I mean, it's always been going on, I guess, really with the mainstream media for as long as there has been a mainstream media, you know, just let's repackage everything every 20 years for a new generation. So you can get all your feeling, like, oh, when I was a kid, when I didn't pay bills, you know. Depending on its success, it was going to be the start of its own yeah. cinematic universe. Everything which, is which, these days. Which, <laughs> yeah, which is becoming, yeah, it's everything. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, oh, no. oh. Jurassic <laughs> World. 
I, how, what yeah. happened to self-contained fucking storytelling? Just yeah. The universal yeah. horror movie monsters are being remade into a kind of shared universe. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise and the Mummy. Because you know what? Um, it's because they can't copyright those stories themselves. <laughs> so they have to remake yeah. them. I'd like to see Bram Stoker take <laughs> me to court, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the, the, the new Ki the King Kong Skull Island trailer where King Kong's no, just... It, 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 <laughs> Tom, that sounds it, like a it's, masterpiece. It's, <laughs> it, it, the, the trailer it looks like a joke trailer it's 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 it, it really is uh, um, i mean hollywood's insatiable john goodman's just in there samuel L. jackson's in yeah. there as well it's Boys. just like everyone is being just thrown in just to start the cinematic universe hollywood's insatiable it's, appetite for sequels though is giving me hope for mcgruber to will materialize yeah some, she, some, some sequels need to happen June. yeah i mean it, it's it's gotta happen it's gotta happen and uh, also just gonna throw out community film needs to happen as well uh yeah that would be good i guess i mean i i'm not as hot on community as i was at one point but it's a nice it's show. infinitely rewatchable infinitely rewatchable i like it it's with, a good show with netflix and amazon now it's kind of it's the not, chances of those shows getting their own kind of spin-offs or new series or films is more i mean i'll say now. so you never know you never mm. know really it's not politically profound or anything no but, no you know just liberal <laughs> uh, it, it, going back to comedy, I also watched one of Ricky Gervais's two films to come out uh, oh, this yeah. year, Special Correspondence. Oh. It was Netflix exclusive. Did you watch that? It, it was just beyond the pale mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> really? I, I can barely remember more than the most basic plot details because there was just nothing that stood out in any way. It's just like form. him and Eric Banner are journalists who uh, lose the tickets to go out to yeah. Ecuador or somewhere to cover some conflict that's going on. And hijinks ensue. Yeah, and then they fake the stories. So, <laughs> it's not... I think they end up taking themselves hostage or something. Yeah, it's and... it, they, they end up going out there and they end up instantly get kidnapped by rebels and then they yeah. kill a bunch of like Latin Americans. It's like, woo. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just a complete pile of dog shit. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, why does Ricky Gervais cast himself as this like likable underdog leading man? It's like, mm. just, just like play a cunt. Like it's what he is. It, what he it, I mean, if yeah. if he must cast himself in prominent roles in his own films, yeah. really. And have you seen the David Brent? I was about uh, to bring that up. Actually, no, I, just, I haven't. The downloads are available now of decent copies. Oh, so right. I, I watched it the other day. Very. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I haven't quite digested it. If it, it was like, it, it it felt like it was trying to ape the Office a little bit, but failing whenever it did so and oh. then it tried to be its own different thing yeah Why? from the very first scene there's uh you know there's oh there's a love interest and so he's oh. gonna end up going on a date or something with her by the end that's and, you know formulaic I, I just don't give a fuck about characters played by Ricky Gervais at yeah. one point definitely I, f I think Extras is really good I think The Office yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is a great show uh, but Life's uh, Too Short is just kind of yeah Life's Too Short is awful the first two, the first episode is kind of like okay let's see if it builds on this and it just doesn't go anywhere really no and I never saw Derek it looked fucking no, I, mean, I tried twice to get into it and it was just 
totally yeah. un- unentertaining. I didn't really like the invention of lying as much as I think you did. I wouldn't say I liked it. I you know, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. There's that the good um, scene with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Louis C.K. Yeah. Where, where he's trying to explain what a lie is and they're just not getting it. Uh, Ricky Gervais is one of those frustrating people who brings such great talent to the table, like different people uh, who are mm. quite good at what they do and has the opportunity. I think he has good ideas and I think he just, he, he's, he's got too much power now kind of too much control in a way back when he was struggling and he was writing about struggling like the extras it Mm. was really powerful it was really interesting the Uh, extras the the extras extras the extras extras. it's like the bbc shit new reality (laughs) show where you audition to be an extra Uh, (laughs) show me how you can stand over in that corner the extra factor and all that I, I think that's actually a thing, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, kind of I, yeah I think so. About... Yeah. Um, one more question on Ricky Gervais. Why was Stephen Merchant not involved in Life on the Road? Because <laughs> they wrote and directed all of The Office. Yeah. I, think they, I think they want a break from each other. Yeah, they had a person falling break. out. Yeah. Um, mm. Like, Stephen Merchant, he did Hello Ladies. He did the... <laughs> Never saw that. The, TV show, which was alright, I guess, and he's appeared in several films. Yeah, you see him occasionally in some stuff, but no, I mean, if they're revisiting like characters from The Office, like even if it is Ricky Gervais's character, you know, it'd be best to do that with the original creative team. I don't know whether they're coming back together to do anything in Uh, future, but I think they're just maybe probably going to be taking a break, perhaps because Gervais is running out of ideas at this rate. I think really. The way it seems. I, I also felt like a lot of the humor in uh, David Brent on the road. Uh, yeah, life. On um, the road. It was very, you know, like easy targets in a lot of cases and stuff. You know, just yeah. not, not, nothing edgy. Nothing trying to really make a particularly profound point. Just like stuff yeah. like homophobia is wrong, racism's wrong. It's just usual yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that I'm not gonna be rushing out to see that one. I don't think no. rushing to my computer to, <laughs> to torrent it. Apparently, which is now. Available. Hey, illegally download Ricky Gervais's yeah. film. Fuck you, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, suck a dick, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Go and fucking like make fun of the disabled that, people again, you fucking prick. Not how and, we'll, and we'll encourage more people to fucking steal your shit online, you fucking horrible prick. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll probably edit out some of this Ricky Gervais discussion, Possibly. but we don't know. Allegedly, if we'll edit out that allegedly. Bit. Alleged- just, just add allegedly, Jack. You're safe if you're <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> you fucking nods. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that Ricky Gervais is a member of ISIS. Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. Nothing's confirmed <laughs> yet. <laughs> Our sources indicate. <laughs> what are you, George Eaton? Now. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, well, you know, there's no knowns and there's unknown knowns. Unknown knowns and unknown knowns. No, absence of evidence is not evidence <laughs> of absence. <laughs> but the evidence of absence is, evidence, is absence of evidence. I've seen I Daniel Blake. Oh, have you? I really want oh, to see that. Yeah, yeah, what did you make of I Daniel Blake? Because that's like the hot film on the left. Of this yeah, year. yeah. I'm gra- it's, it's great that it's being pushed forward and presented in that way. Like, Ken Loach, the man who yeah. inspired <laughs> Tim Farron to go into politics. Oh, yeah. Imagine that Tim Farron backing. Did he back? Because, you know, all the the press behind the film. Hi, movie. Daniel Blake. Did he, did he back that at all? Because there was a lot of I mean, what, the, the protest against policies that his party helped uh, implement? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, essential Ken Loach. 
great acting. And also, it's what you'd expect of Lynch in terms of his gritty yeah. <laughs> social realism. <laughs> social realism, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, yeah. I've got a few films that I've been meaning to get to in that sort of genre for that, not even, even vaguely recent, really, like Tyrannosaur and what have you. Oh, oh yeah, oh, by yeah, Paddy Considine. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. But it's just bringing myself to slog it's, through yeah, all that yeah. it's emotional pretty, uh, trauma. It's, um, <laughs> Yeah, you've got, um, well, I don't want to give away too much, but you've yeah. got animal abuse. Um, just, yeah. Oh, I, I, I just Eddie Marson. Eddie Marson in that film. Oh, is like, Eddie Marson. Is, is a, Eddie Marson is, very, is, is such a Blairite tosser. And, <laughs> and he's also a very... Good, good actor. Just, yeah, pretty disgusting uh, character in Tyrannosaur yeah. as well. I like his face. Uh, <laughs> and Anna Blair, as you would say. But was it you, Jack, who said you like can't stand violence against dogs in films? I can't, no. I, whereas I, I, you know, I'm not averse well, to the odd violent yeah, film. Gets... But when it's a dog, I'm like, fuck no, this shit is just outrageous. But if I said a dog hurts <laughs> someone that you care about... I, you know, I would still want the dog to be rehabilitated. <laughs> I, you know, it's not an eye for an eye <laughs> when it comes to Blairite crimes. <laughs> what if it was a choice between one or the other? Dogs or people? Yeah. I, I, probably people. I mean, fuck, I don't like dogs that much. Probably people. <laughs> Deep questions here on... Deep real. questions. <laughs> Deep answers. Probably people. <laughs> That's it. You heard it first here. Jack Fran Reed is a doggist. <laughs> doggist. He's a dog. Fuck realist. dogs. Wait, not in that way. <laughs> in that way. He, he's against he's human genocide, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, just white genocide. White genocide, white is, genocide. is actually good. I watched a documentary... Well, at, least, at the very least, presented by George Galloway, called oh, The Killings, yes. with a sort of dollar sign for an S, not a sort of dollar sign, an actual dollar <laughs> sign. The Killings of Tony Blair. And it's just like this thing about why Blair's a tosser, basically. <laughs> it's just got all people, that are like the boy Seamus Milne is in it loads. Yeah. Corbin's director of communications. There's uh, David Davis from the Tories. There's Peter O'Born, the Tory, who's just like, if like I had to book a like political show like say this one if we had to like for some reason get Tories on it for political balance it would always just be fucking Peter O'Born ripping on Islamophobes and cops like every time he would be the only Tory I would ever <laughs> and he's not even that good he's still like fucking like a lot of the reason he didn't like, like... he won't be on the first train to the gulag yeah exactly <laughs> like um I mean, I like people just like throwing shade at Tony Blair for like an hour and a half. Like, y you might like it. It might even be longer than an hour and a half. I don't know. It was passable, but it was not like super good. It wasn't necessarily good. I mean, his politics were broadly right, but Galloway is a fucking like horrible, self satisfied cunt, and I wish him the worst, really. Uh, we we both watched um, Herzog's new uh, yes. documentary, Into the Inferno, didn't we? Yes, uh, a rather excellent film. Uh, uh, much more so than, what was that other one called? It was called Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Interconnected World. Which felt pretty bland to me. I yeah, it wasn't as riveting as a lot of Herzog stuff, and in terms of its kind of central thesis about technology and interconnectivity, it was all just kind of a bit... 
I mean, a bit yeah, rambling and disjointed. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. But yeah, uh, this new Herzog documentary is oh, it's really good. It's uh, superficially about volcanoes, but I think he does a good job in true Herzog fashion of going around the world and talking about all sorts of crazy different things like North Korea mm. and the government, the history. Yeah, he, uh, he goes off on a huge detour about North Korea and spend, spends like a lot of time there. like a bit in South America, isn't there? Where, yeah. yeah. It's great, and if you do want a film about volcanoes, I mean, at Herzog, he sort of, when he went out to Antarctica and he sort of said, I am not making a film about fluffy penguins, although it has got some great penguin content in there. <laughs> like, there's this, uh, this depressed penguin Penguin, who's like my hero, and is my my profile picture on Twitter. He just it strolls off into the mountains to certain death. The absolute boy. <laughs> um, and um, but anyway, Herzog obviously takes that kind of idiosyncratic approach to whatever subject matter he's dealing with in his films, be it documentary or narrative. And in Into the Inferno, he certainly does that. But the shit that is just about volcanoes is fucking great. Like there's some beautiful oh, shots yeah. of like the love of flowing away it's it's fantastic and does he go to like all of the how many is it is it like four active volcanoes in the world uh some something like that i know i think i'm pretty sure he does like pacific islands or hawaii yeah something like that. this isn't a science show fuck off nerds <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah uh, if you are yeah like, like even if you are just interested in volcanoes i think you would enjoy yeah. this <laughs> you uh, fucking uh, volcano nerd yeah, he, <laughs> he, he does talk up. a lot about that science stuff that we don't we can't remember Member, uh, for reasons that we don't care to explain. He's on crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'm saying is legalize it. <laughs> okay, that brings us on to, to pop star by the Lonely Island. So, uh, I guess moving onwards and upwards, time to talk about the two main films and their associated stuff. You know, the Lonely Island films, uh, MacGruber yes. and Popstar. Never Stop Never Stopping. Stopping. Yeah, I yeah. think that, that is the agreed upon title. <laughs> Correct number of stops. Well, yeah, I think as a first-time viewer, Tom, you should give us your opinions on... Uh, I don't know, we're going to discuss them one should, at a time. Should we just clarify or... um, who the, the Lonely Island are? So yeah. The Lonely Island are a comedy trio, a musical comedy trio, comprised of Andy Samberg, Jorba Taccone, and Akiva Schaefer. And they, for many years, worked on Saturday Night Live as writers and performers. And they made the Saturday Night Live digital skits thing quite big, mm. with songs such as I'm on a Boat, featuring T-Pain. Classic. <laughs> like a Boss. Like uh, Dick in a Box. Classic as well. Jizz in My Pants. Creep? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember liking that one as much. I think as, as they got on and they had more kind of like pop guests on them and yeah. they, they got big, bigger budgets. Yeah, Michael, Michael Bolton. I find that shit kind of overblown and annoying. Mm. I wasn't so into it. I liked that kind of stuff in the context of the pop star movie. Yeah. But um, just on, on their own, I, I'm not really in those kind of pastiches that they that, do. That, that, that's who the Lonely Island are, anyway. Um, they've been involved in these films. Yeah, so we, we already mentioned Hot 
Hot Rod, and that was the first film that the three of them together were significantly involved in. And then Jorma Tacconi in 2010 went off to do his own thing with Will Forte, a film also that drew its origins from Saturday Night Live, and in fact was, I think, produced by Lorne Michaels, the Saturday Night Live producer. Yeah. I think most Saturday Night Live spin-off films, well, they have a sort of reputation for being just awful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Ghost- yeah. is Ghostbusters film. one? I mean, I, I don't nah, know. Blues Brothers. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah, successful yeah. one. But MacGruber is, in my view, the, the real yeah. classic. Um, I to be fair, I've never seen Blues Brothers. I haven't but, either, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Blues Brothers. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll say the Blues Brothers would have to be fucking amazing to top MacGruber. So. <laughs> yeah, but like I will say now that this show is now uh, like a hundred percent uncompromisingly anti-Blues Brothers. <laughs> Fuck you. Blues Brothers, motherfuckers. They're going to the word that must not be mentioned. The G word. Oh, yeah. Oh, the gulag, yeah. So, um, Jorma Tacconi from A Lonely Island, who quite often co-directs their music videos with Akiva Schaefer, who is, as far as I know, the only one to ever direct them on his own. He got behind the camera for MacGruber, which he co-wrote with its star, Will Forte, and um, they created something wonderful. <laughs> it, from like such a small like start start off sketch, yeah. Let's take it and remold it into kind of a great parody of eighties action cinema as well. It's quite good. I think it? there was only one scene in the entire film that even really directly references the original. Yeah, sketches. yeah, right towards the end. And they don't. It doesn't even yeah. completely play out as it would. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so, but, so the sort of standard formula for a MacGruber sketch on Saturday Night Live would be MacGruber is locked in some kind of like really sparse pokey villains mm. headquarters which always has a different sign on the wall saying like <laughs> drugs are den or yeah. um generic villain of some sort yeah or like nuclear plant or yeah. whatever and basically they have to defuse a bomb they have to defuse a bomb or... in like a minute 30 or something yeah. and every time so MacGruber yeah, the psychic's wrong yeah exactly MacGruber through his own uh, incredible personal flaws just absolutely fucks it up and blows up himself and his sidekicks and he's he's incredibly vain he's racist, ra- he's racist sexist. yeah he's, he's <laughs> ignorant just in every way ignorant, incompetent with money <laughs> terrible at his job he's stuck in the past and they do a great job of it uh, emphasizing all those characteristics throughout the film yeah and and they actually you know did i think really well at creating a whole movie out of such like dif- an unlikable <laughs> yeah. slimy I mean, horrible character he takes such sort of bare bones just <laughs> Taking the psychic and using him as a kind of essentially a kind of defense when he's blaming shower machine gun bullets, not knowing that he had a, <laughs> like a, a yeah, bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah, I knew, I knew. Yeah, <laughs> just like, yeah, absolutely. Just this thing, I only vain character <laughs> yeah. yeah cares about nobody but himself but uh, yeah the, the thing I love about this film is that it, you know it's got so many good chuckles in it but it's so good at creating those absolutely just howling with laughter moments uh, like uh, where, where, when he, he's talking about how the, he has a van filled with real American heroes <laughs> yeah, 100 pounds or whatever it, it is like, of homemade C4 and then boom <laughs> 
fucking kills yeah, all of perfect them perfect in one go. And they're all wrestlers, aren't they? Yeah, wrestlers, yeah, but who, yeah, who's... Yeah. It's a great montage. John Cena, is he that. one of them? It's some famous wrestlers, uh, I think. Could be, could be. Yeah. Uh, they've all got names like Tug Beamer and Vernon Freedom. The gay, the gay one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just like, no crossing that out at yeah. all. <laughs> the reason he needs a team is that this villain, this horrible man, uh, but, you know, to, to most people, a respected businessman and political donor, Kunf, played by <laughs> the great Val Kilmer. Basically, he is going to blow up... Well, he's acquired a load of nuke. <laughs> he's acquired a nuke, and he's just going to, like, fucking send America sky high or some shit. They don't know what he's going to do for most of the movie, but, you know, MacGruber's got a feeling it's going to be bad, and MacGruber has got history with Kunth, because Kunth killed MacGruber's wife. By blowing her up at their wedding. Yeah. <laughs> They've got this flashback where MacGruber is just swearing, swearing his vows with his wife. And, and and they just cut over and Kunf's there waiting in his car with uh, a detonator and, and it's in slow motion he's just like fuck you yeah. <laughs> and you know what I, I don't know which one precedes which but it really reminded me of that episode in Always Sunny where they're doing the lethal weapon oh yeah. yeah that is and quite they have funny the yeah and I, I, I yeah, well, because MacGruber himself, he's like this kind of top secret CIA kind of guy, isn't he? If they, they list all the like various honours he's got, and he's served in every kind of military campaign <laughs> yeah. that the USA has ever done. Like, all these horrible, unjust military but interventions. It, his, his, his history with Von Kunth is explained quite late in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns out that he stole Von Kunth's girlfriend, who was pregnant with Von Kunth's baby. <laughs> Had had her abort the baby, <laughs> and then and then he's going to marry her, and that's who he blew up. So I mean, blowing he's, her up is a yeah. little bit of an overreaction. But I, I, <laughs> to this day, yeah, no, MacGruber's like uh, to this day. I don't know why he did it. Yeah, <laughs> absolute mystery. He's just like she was actually uh, the first person I felt comfortable enough around to uh, let eat out my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> He's and a, again, the timing is just—you can tell that it's you know a film that's very grounded in a background of comedy. You know, this yeah. isn't from a filmmaking background. This is from a comedy. Like, um, you got the colonel in there that's so obviously based yeah. off um, the, the the general uh, slash colonel from Bloody Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Stallone. It's a wonderful parody of eighties action film. Yeah, movies and stuff. And I think they made a small amount of money go a long way on that film. It does mm. look quite slick and professional. It does, yeah, it was, I, I was I just mean, looking at the budget. Yeah. It's about like ten million dollars, I think. I mean, fucking hell! Compare this to the Atlas Shrugged movie worth the same <laughs> amount of money. And and this is fucking Hollywood level. I, I absolutely love how uh, in MacGruber, the, the general, the, the Rambo, uh, Rambo's father figure type general, yeah, has he has Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was an actor, <laughs> not at all a factor. Yeah, <laughs> please perform or kill a mic on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's just a great film. And uh, he's got good support as well from uh, Ryan Philippe as Lieutenant Dixon Piper, his sort of second in command, and the straight man of the organization. And then you've got Kristen Wiig. Yeah, uh, as Vicky. 
not glorious Saint Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not uh, a straight man in the organization. She's very much like MacGruber, a kind of over the top wacky Loopy. character. Yeah. yeah, her and MacGruber are made for each other, as they explain with similar monologues throughout. They're just like, oh, you know, great haircut. Rocking board, which like, makes it extremely disturbing when she's dressed identically to him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I think you look really, really good today." <laughs> oh, oh, let's talk about the sex scenes in MacGruber as well. <laughs> so, yes. if anyone's seen the room, it's got these like really grotesque, <laughs> opulent sex scenes where Tommy Wiseau's uh, fucking his wife. We all the... want to see Tommy Wiseau's beautiful, beautiful body. Yeah, and, and they're just like shot. In really soft focus, like with really with like loads of candles everywhere. It's like, like fucking rain uh, coming down yeah, across down the window. Like American beauty. On. Yeah. yeah, and and it's kind of like that in MacGruber uh, with like loads of grim shit, like her sort of rubbing her finger like right up of his like, yeah. belly button and, uh, and stuff in the, in the belly button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's just yeah, and then it comes to real fucking, which is <laughs> which is just MacGruber like oh, just grunting. Senselessly flailing. I mean, it's it's fucking hilarious. And then he feels so bad about doing that with Vicky Gloria Saint Elmo that he goes to the cemetery to talk to his wife's ghost at her gravestone. And then he ends up fucking her as well. Yeah. It's exactly the same sequence where it's a like, like the smooth eighty sax playing. Yeah, and then it just cuts to him and he's just yeah, just at the gravestone. Just and then it cuts to. What is actually happening? Because of course she's not actually there. So yeah. he's just hopping the air. Going, yeah. uh, 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 and and, and uh, the janitor is just walking by, like, what the, the fuck? fuck? So good. So many big laughs. You just howl and howl. Oh, it's such a good film. I've seen it so many times. I've shown it to everybody I've ever met, pretty much. I sort of was introduced to it in like a very quick streak, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't know. Well, I mean, we did don't like regret it. It, yeah. it took the same amount of time to watch the film as it would for anyone else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, honestly, honest, gov. Yeah, no, no, not spending. No, watched spreading it in its minute runtime. It's uh, no, it, it's a very good film. Um, but the directorial touch of Jorma Tacconi uh, felt it was just missing in the world for six years. Until him and Akiva Schaefer, who in that time directed The Watch, starring Ben Stiller and people, Richard Awade, uh, Jonah Hill, the, the always uh, execrable Vince Vaughn, he uh, teamed up with his old Lonely Island comrade, and of course their other Lonely Island comrade, Andy Samberg. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Andy uh, Samberg. <laughs> Andy Samberg. We want you on the show. If you're listening, Andy. <laughs> we know you're a long-time listener. Uh, should we get Paul... First-time caller. Should we get Paul Mason on the show and be like, yeah, you can talk about all your favourite movies and just then be like, come on, Paul, just fucking rinse the Blair eyes. <laughs> just go, go, go at them. Uh, go, get, just go, just go, give go, him go. beer after beer. Yeah, yeah absolutely He's fucking rinse. He's had a year, hasn't he, Paul? Oh, love Paul, love Paul, love Paul. But yeah, not not necessarily for his views, but for not the way yet, he expresses them. I like his view that Corbin is good. But <laughs> That's, I like anybody's view that Corbin is good. Like, so do I. Apart from SWP, I wish I'd fuck off. Uh, well, surely their view of Corbin is good. If that's what you're saying, and that, that, that view is all right. No. 
<laughs> this is for dialectic. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Moving, <laughs> moving onwards. swiftly onwards. Yes. Pop star. What mm. do we make of this? Uh, never stop, never stopping. You gotta say the whole name. Pop it's star. Magical. Never stop, never stopping. No, never stop, never stop, 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 stop. Never stop. It's an amazing title. When I when I was first watching it, I almost felt like. Uh, did I accidentally turn on the like Justin Bieber film? Yeah, uh, it really, really captures the feeling of these modern music documentary. Like, oh yeah. look, th- uh, I'm such a big star kind of <laughs> film. So, yeah, the Justin Bieber. I've made one, it. The, 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 you have the Katy Perry. I mean, it has some of the They're all so overblown and just sucking my own dick is the word. Yeah, the phrase. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> the word. And, and, and it, and it sucking my own dick is one of the longest <laughs> words in the English language. Uh, I spell it all as one word. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you got a lot in your mouth. It's hard to sort of space it all out. <laughs> That's just Yair choking on his own dick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to demonstrate for the guys. They didn't believe me. I had a rib removed. But, uh, yeah, pop star. Very, very good film. <laughs> and I, I love the opening song, Humble. Yeah, yeah I'm so I'm humble. I'm so humble. And it just gets better and better as it's just like, at first you're like, okay, ha, he's... He's singing about being humble. No, no, he just gets more and more. And the first time I watched it, I couldn't stop laughing the whole. Like, <laughs> and then you got Mariah Carey, I think, coming on and saying, uh, you know, it really connects to me. Because, uh, because I'm so. Out of all the people I know, uh, I think I, I'm the most humble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got as talking heads. They're, so many. Nas. Nas is like, yeah, with Starboys, that changed my life. <laughs> they got uh, Quest Love. DJ Khaled was it? Yeah, DJ Khaled is in it. Simon Cowell pops up a couple times. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, and at one point, uh, Andy Samberg's main character, Connor for real, which is what the film was originally called, gets decked <laughs> out by Martin Sheen <laughs> in yeah. a sort of grainy, like TMZ style video. And there's a scene where Snoop Dogg just comes up, surprise, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've been surprised. This <laughs> is Snoop Dogg's new show, surprise. Motherfucker. There, there are some quite funny songs throughout. It feels a lot more professional that like like more money went into it than McGruber. Yeah, you know and I, I mean? but I think again it wasn't a huge financial success. No, it's uh, in the year of Trump, America making mistake after mistake. Yeah, whereas it's Britain up there. <laughs> has got you know got it all worked out. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, Brexit means Brexit, <laughs> right, guys. <laughs> Some of the songs are really good in it, like there's uh, Fuck Bin Laden. I love that one. I loved all the songs. (laughs) It's got this really, just like everything, like ends. She wanted me to fuck her harder than the US military. Fuck Bin Laden. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's just this huge, like, Uh, elaborate pop song. Not gay. Not gay, yeah. There's his equal rights song where he, you know, after every vaguely progressive line, just has to go, I'm not gay. But by the end, (laughs) it's just him going, no, 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 gay. And there's just him with, like, loads and loads of naked women in bed. Fucking lady. Just, yeah. just, <laughs> just, just sexual yeah. freedom for all. Sexual freedom for all. Not gay. Yeah. Aesthetic elements, sort of, he, he has a bit of a Macklemore-ish look throughout. I mean, yeah. he seems to be primarily a rapper, his character. Yeah. He's but a pop rapper. Isn't yeah, he, he's you know, a pop rapper. Of, and yeah. uh, But he does, they've got some other songs. Like, there was one of them which I thought sounded kind of like, if they only play a brief snippet of it, I thought it sounded a little bit like Father John Misty and it was just like, Hey, Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece Piece of shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, kind of upbeat, sort of folky pop.
stop. And then there's the song which plays over the end credits. And if anyone hasn't <laughs> listened to the, you know, watch the film right to the end of the credits, you're a fucking sucker because there's. I was only introduced to this last night when we were watching this. Yeah, for the podcast. yeah, you got hoodwinked. You yeah. missed out on some great yeah, content. Basically, it's a protest song. A, a, a reggae-style sort of, you know. Yeah, it's... Like you're smoking a joint, you know, smoke a spliff. Yeah, it's uh, that kind of thing. You just get in the mood, you you, you light one up, and it's just like, you know, and, and, and it's... Doom, 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 it's got the proper uh, the reggae skank to it. So so basically, so Andy Samberg's character in it, he's doing a terrible cod Jamaican accent, uh, like <laughs> Mick, Mick Jagger on the Rolling Stones song Luxury. <laughs> Honestly, check it out. It's it's outrageous. I I think I've said outrageous so much in this session. But basically, what uh, about Lou Reed's I wanna be black. No, Lou Reed's I wanna but... be black. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, so then Connor for real he. He is given a hit by this old raster yeah. on some kind of big spliff and he asks what it was because it's amazing and it turns out to be crack, crack. <laughs> so the song's just like ah just more crack and it was fucking great <laughs> legalize it legalize yeah. crack cocaine and the Something end credits like that, yeah. fade, fade it out just on the second chorus and we're just like we should legalize crack and <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a good sort of parody of Legalize It by uh, Tosh, I guess. Tosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, Connor For Real was originally in a band, wasn't he? He was in the a boy Style band Boys. called The Style Boys, uh, with uh, characters played by Jorma Taccone and Akiva Schaefer, the co-directors of the film. And they, I guess, were support like the Backstreet Boys or some shit like that. Like Shout I, out to a few sort of boy bands of the time. Yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I don't know about that kind of stuff. Not but, hugely well versed now. <laughs> but the Style Boys split up long ago. They had one big dance called the Donkey Roll, right? The Donkey Roll, yeah. It you know that kind of. I'm a style boy. Yeah, style boy for life. Yeah, I mean our dialectic is strong in this episode. Just, just do loads of sing-alongs. This is our yeah. musical episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode, by the way, is more movie-focused than politics-focused. Yeah, <laughs> there's just... really not much political content unless well, you're talking about uh, well, the, the like liberalism of the like not gay song or something. Or, or the, yeah, the, I mean, or the Reaganism of MacGruber. Or, yeah, 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 but they're not directly addressing it. No, no, but there is a heavy subtext of ironic, oh, yeah. ironic Everything's political if you look at it deep enough. But, um, I mean, this is more about sort of industry politics, isn't it? Like, like their manager, played yeah. by... Oh, what's his oh, name? He's great. The guy who's in the in Dewey Walk Cox hard. Walk Hard for Dewey Cox yes. story. Um, I'm really kicking myself for not remembering his name because he's brilliant. But he does that really kind of nonchalant. And in, in Walk Hard for Dewey Cox story, he's Dewey's drummer. He's like, you never played for drugs. Not even once. <laughs> and then some people make other complaints and then... <laughs> and you never paid for drugs. Not even <laughs> once. Um, and you he, don't want to get involved with all this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he he's really funny in that. Uh, so you can imagine why for the Lonely Island Boys called upon him to play uh, the Style Boys manager Tony in uh, Pop Star <laughs> Never Stop Never Stopping. The actor's name, by the way, is Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, yeah, the great uh, Tim uh, Meadows. That's, that's our boy. Yeah, repping Tim Meadows, and he uh, yeah he's their manager, and he used to. Be 
be a musician himself. He was in a group called Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. Yeah, he <laughs> Tony. threw him out because he had two E's on the no, end. Because he name. had a question mark. It was Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, I had a question mark at the end of my name. I'm Tony, 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 Tony. In retrospect, that was uh, maybe a mistake. <laughs> and uh, well, hey, now I'm with Connor for real, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, and he basically gets lured away by the rapper whose name we can't remember. <laughs> they say he was the rapper who just did not give a damn about anything. Yeah, he was, he was actually insane. He was, he, was, he was literally insane, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I've seen him backstage. He wasn't smoking the blunt. He was eating it. <laughs> <laughs> but spoiler: towards the end, he gets back with the star boys like they all get back yeah. together with, think, their, I, I with Tony and everything podcasts are very spoiler laden yeah fuck <laughs> we it we don't really give a fuck about that <laughs> it was all a dream at the end of the movie it turns out um, Ooh, it was the Jews <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify that was Yair who made that comment in case any of you want to start a real politic anti-semitism scandal <laughs> Okay. I see. Did you still have a Twitter now or something? We do, yeah. Oh, uh, real. Like, I thought you said I personally do. No, it? no, in real politics. Yeah. You've just you, you've just yeah. got the password to it. I'm not going to say it on air. The passcode is for the protocols of the elders of Zion. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, pop star is a pretty in tune, um, in tune um, uh, parody, kind of like of how kind of music and particularly mainstream music has been slid by X Factor and stuff like that. And all the all the main beats in mainstream music now is featured in, in their songs and stuff like the kind of like you know, the, the kind of how a lot of music today in particular has that kind of the oh yeah all the trademarks, oh. the kind of sound trademarks in there. Oh. Kind of they parody in the in in each of the tunes that features mm. on the soundtrack. It's one of the, as you say, it's one of those soundtracks that are in many ways like the the, the, Dewey, the Dewey Cox soundtrack. Yeah, that's it's, a it's, brilliant soundtrack. You know, they're, they're, you know, in my dreams, they parody the music me. well that they're um, Some ripping on. Yeah, <laughs> Another great film. It's very spot on. About its comparison is parody, I suppose, is prestige. I think it benefits if you if you know like who the musicians are, what, yeah. what it's trying to play off of. But it it, it probably would also stand up on its own anyway. I've shown it to certain people who don't know much about music particularly, but they still found a lot of it funny because especially Popstar talks a lot about celebrity culture in yeah. general and not just the music, uh, although that's obviously a big part. Well, uh, Imogen Poots is in it as well as his girlfriend, his yeah. supermodel girlfriend. <laughs> Hilarious scene where they're introduced. Uh, with yeah, the, and she... I always wanted to be one of those fake celebrity couples. Um, and then he asked her to marry her in some famous uh, <laughs> celebration with with a load of wolves and seals <laughs> singing. And then, yeah, seal to gets mauled by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene just escalates completely. It's just amazing. <laughs> I think it's a really funny film. I think it's quite short, isn't it? It's about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. sadly this and MacGruber are not incredibly long films. I think no, it's like 85 minutes but or something like they're that. They're just packed with jokes. They're, yeah, they're both we'll be really funny all films. Those 85 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would um, recommend both of them highly. Um, I mean, I suppose an obvious comparison, I guess, perhaps a bit tired, would be Spinal Tap with Popstar. Mm. Um, 
I, I, it's been a while since I've seen that film, but you know, there's satire about music industry as a place of all those conventions. Yeah, absolutely. But um, at the start of it, Connor has gone solo and is still a very big artist. His first album sold shitloads, and he's got to get his second album as a solo artist out there. He wants this to sell even more than the first one, and so he's personally written every track on it and got over a hundred <laughs> producers <laughs> involved. Whereas on the first record he did, which sold so much, he, he had uh, his boy from A Style Boys, Owen, played by Jorma Tacconi. He had him producing all the beats on it. He changed to, instead he has to wear, he kind of becomes part of the background as sort of like Daft Punk esque. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of part of the um, pyrotechnics of the show with a massive helmet that kind of projects light. Like, and, and, and a weird kind of like War of the Worlds esque sound coming from it. Yeah. When it kind of uh, even early on, they have the, you know that bit where he's got all this equipment, but until you do the actual show, he only uses an iPod. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I got some dope audio books on it, and then he just puts Harry Potter on. Mm. <laughs> More proof of Blairite right. entryism in the film industry, and and it all ends happily. The Star Boys get back together and uh, make some more dope music, and. Everyone is super happy and it's all good. Then they got the track about legalizing crack on the end credits. It's a winner. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> it, I, I don't think that is a wrap because we got the yeah. next section of our show. Christmas. Um, yes. Go now, ahead, Tom. Take us away. Well, originally. <laughs> We wanted okay, to. Jack, you know, <laughs> <top>. uh, <laughs> no, well, I, I just got to say, originally on this segment, we were going to have a, a special guest who very dear to our hearts. Yeah, who was very dear to our hearts. It was some, somebody who, but well, we've we've drawn a lot of criticism from the two episodes. With I mean, possibly two hundred views between them. You know, for for just for lack of political balance in our shows, people say, oh, it's just all this hard left position, just nationalisation without compensation treating poor people with dignity all this extreme shit and 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 we're just like man look no we've got lots of friends on the moderate end of politics so we were going to get on a dear friend of ours a, 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 you know a, a great man a, a great journalist the authentic the authentic voice of sensible labor now i don't want to spoil it and say his name but his initial <laughs> initials are s H. Now I want you to work work Shh. that out. Shh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's a very secretive guy. He he wanted to keep it on the down low, but unfortunately, a bunch of far left militant entries from a, a university they, they demanded we no platform him, and they turned up outside Yaya's house with with pitchforks, Signs and... as in they were reading pitchfork on their phones. These <laughs> <laughs> fucking far left hipsters, and um, they and. And they said, no, you, you can't have that man on. You can't have this this moderate tea drinker, authentic voice of sensible labor with his, his great takes. They, this actually uh, happened. They threatened that, that they would no platform us. Definitely. And, and we wouldn't be allowed on the internet anymore. They told us they knew the people who run the internet. But we do have another guest who I believe I would like to introduce. Sorry, yeah, with, with us tonight is my good friend Alex Close. Uh, nice to be on the podcast, uh, guys. What would you like to tell the listeners of Real Politic about yourself, Alex? Well, politically positioned um, uh, to the left, which may be of no surprise on this podcast. 
Well, <laughs> as we were just where? saying, we, we have lots yeah. of friends all across the political spectrum. Some to yeah. the left of Stalin. Some <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, I think in the modern climate, like being pretty centrist is considered on the left because like, <laughs> the spectrum's shifted so much to the right. Yeah. But, uh, I would class myself as like traditionally left socialist. Excellent. Um, yeah, very good, very good. Which You've passed for test. <laughs> Put away the keys to the gulag, boys. Oh, right, so we, we will be discussing Christmas stuff, is yeah. what I've written in the notes. <laughs> yes. and, um, Not too vague. So, what, so it's going to be Christmas soon, how about that? Yeah, I'm not really in the Christmas mood. I don't really do that so much. What about Hanukkah? I don't really fall for that Not so much either. I don't these days, I just holidays, they're all the same. <laughs> another year some people buying other people presents and I'm buying some people presents and, but, but yeah. yeah the game's changed but the players are the same but but the game's different but the players are different <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, uh, some shit uh, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. oh you know it's a great bit from the group where <laughs> uh, Rory's recruiting all, all his boys from like uh, their various like tough guy locales and then, and uh, he, he meets the guy in um, who's in the gym and he's just like uh you know, oh well, you know, every day's a struggle when you got a twenty foot python in your jeans. He's <laughs> like, you and your dick comments. I love saying them. I love listening. That's why I save them. That's, That's why, why I listen. listen. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we are currently recording in a room with a Christmas tree. Yeah, um, we've I've got a got, Christmas tree here. I've got a menorah lying around somewhere. Hey. I am going to get that out for the Jewish holidays, which this year starts on Christmas Eve and run into the new year, actually, just. So helpful information. That, that, that yeah. should be fun for all our Jewish listeners. Um, <laughs> Go out there and have a happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays, okay? Happy Buck holidays. Uh, Should we ban Christmas from a mini, show? Mini rant, all right? All these people who fucking say that Christmas is desec- is like secularized and like not religious and therefore, you know, it's like, you know, Merry Christmas is... Uh, fuck this. You know, grow, growing up Jewish, I'm not, I'm an atheist now, okay? I got, I got nothing against people who are religious personally as long as they uh, don't force it on other people, but I'm an atheist. But growing up Jewish, it just felt so weird being told always Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry, like always having Christmas movies on and stuff and just like you know very excluded from society I can imagine probably uh, there's Muslim children out there who felt similar and Hindu children and plenty of other religious children and to me it doesn't matter if it's secularized you know it's it's very much a religious holiday. It's got Christ in the name, saying saying like happy holidays to people when you don't know, uh, and you know just being more multicultural. It's just you know I'm not not to get all identity politics or anything. It's just you know it's good it's good to you know secularize these things so that everybody can feel equally included. And you know we gotta fight for the people. We gotta we gotta bring the workers' revolution. We gotta we gotta <laughs> religion is the opiate of the masses. Yeah, when that happens, uh, that'll be your Christmas one. Yeah. <laughs> So, happy holidays, bitches. End of midi round. Okay, cool. Boom. I don't know. Edit that as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Snip, snip. snip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Fucking bigging yeah. up the Jews. Jew, Jew power. Big up the Jews. <laughs> we are now pro Netanyahu. We would like to officially endorse him. <laughs> 
for the in the next Israeli election. Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, and like you know, was, I don't know, it's Diwali around like Diwali's like November. Is yeah, so when oh god, December. I'm so ignorant on this shit. This is from when 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 I lived in London until the age of ten. They taught us about all this stuff in school, and then I moved out to Surrey, and I don't you know no. I don't know a fucking thing about like <laughs> anything, yeah. anything really. Just what is other culture? What is other culture? Yeah. So anyway, Christmas stuff. What were actually what you you chose this subject, I believe, Jack. So I did choose we, this subject because. What did you have in mind? Well, I mean, what do we think the best Christmas films are? It's not really um, the most radical kind of content, but I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got I got two there to kind of throw in on the table. Okay. Have you go. I forgot to note any down. But I think uh, a great Christmas film is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by Shane Black, <laughs> which isn't explicitly a Christmas film, but it's certainly set around that time of the year, as are most films written by Shane Black. And uh, it's funny, it's got the Republican slug Robert Downey Jr. in it. <laughs> um, and, but it's when he just like stopped smoking crack all the time and stuff. <laughs> and then he, he did like a bunch of pretty decent films in quite a short space of time, like uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Zodiac, A Scanner Darkly. I think I think some other good stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right what, now. Was that Chaplin released around then? No, Chaplin yeah. was the early 90s, I early think. 90s. Yeah, um, that was his sort of first creative cool. wind, yeah. yeah. But it, it's really good, it's just a kind of like comic neo-noir with, again, Val Kilmer, who's so good as Kumpf in <laughs> MacGruber. And I think Val Kilmer is at his best in, in comic films. Mm. It's a really, really funny movie and I'd highly recommend it. And another one I'd recommend uh, in terms of a kind of dark comedy set around Christmas time is The Ice Harvest, starring John Cusack, Billy Bob Thornton and Oliver Platt, which is a sort of grimy, kind of noirish film but I kind of classify it as part of this sort of strange subgenre of American crime movie, which is just a kind of like a bunch of backwards ass hicks who are completely broke in a small town, fucking murder each other for the course of a movie, just like kill each other one by one over some pathetic, derisory amount of money. And um, it's it's really enjoyable. Like Cusack just sort of uh, is uh, in in a kind of bad situation, and Billy Bob Thornton is his usual malevolent self, like uh, kind of like in the first series of Fargo uh, and it's very snowy and it's very mean-spirited and it's uh, one of my favorite non-traditional Christmas films um, uh, pretty mainstream but uh, die hard die hard yeah of course <laughs> yeah, it's got to be included in there um, probably like harks back to the ideas of like secularism around Christmas that you know that is culturally considered like a Christmas film and obviously uh, he heavily it's got some heavy like Reaganite uh, cinema kind of themes in that fucking bad guys what music that was John, John McTiernan got done John McTiernan I don't think Die Hard would have been a success if John McTiernan had any involvement with it <laughs> Becoming a film producer. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged, this looks like it will make a lot of money. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, John McTurnan has read uh, Atlas Shrugged or has kind of gone into Sleeps the... Uh, with it next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Proper left-wing economics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John McTiernan, the director of Die Hard, 
He was wasn't he done over for like tax? Uh, what wasn't he? Wasn't he put in prison for tax like evasion or tax something? Tax nonce. I still don't know why he gets so much airtime, or maybe he's such like an easy pickings for like uh, you know left wing Labour commentators. I think basically I don't know. I wrote a, a piece about him and it just rips on him for like two thousand seven hundred words. Not just in terms of like the stuff he believes in and how he's basically a Tory, but also <laughs> like his looks and his personality and his political record of like always losing every election <laughs> but they like get McTurnan on on the TV like John McTurnan an expert like on electability yeah exactly it's like what the fuck does he know like Labour lost like 40 seats in Scotland when he was running that fucking campaign as Jim's, Jim Murphy's chief advisor uh, Australian Labour got absolutely destroyed under Julia Gillard when, when he was advising her he joined Blair's team in 2005 which was the election that Blair did the worst in and Labour lost large portions of their old support dotted around the country. I think in 2007 he worked on Scottish Labour's campaign up in Scotland as well, which was the first time they lost the Scottish Parliament to the SNP. He's just fucking incompetent and useless. And I don't think anyone really sees him as, a, as an authority. I think he's just a bit of a laughing stock. Did he sort of work him. under uh, Alistair Campbell back in the day? He, yeah, he's definitely a kind of Campbellian lickspittle. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's just kind of like a proper Spent. Blairite sycophant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he, he flew over to America to um, fight for the Clinton campaign in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Did they win that very blue state? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... So McTurnan has like just fucked parties in three continents. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, he's sort of like um, symptomatic of how uh, like deluded the Blairites are. I mean, they they, they, they can't really see uh, why why that kind of politics is like so unpopular now. And liberals one, cannot foresee their own demise. Yeah, and one mm. of the biggest uh, events Hillary Clinton has put on since she lost the election is a big party for her uh, billionaire donors <laughs> so yeah. I yeah I don't think that the centre left around the world are really learning the lessons from their yeah. crippling defeats yeah um, if we're going with like less traditional Christmas films just to steer us back on <laughs> yeah. I guess I uh, probably one of my favourites would have to be Eyes Wide Shut Stanley Kubrick yeah hand yeah. by yeah. critics at the time but yeah set, set on Christmas uh, very much so I think a highly underrated film uh, we've all seen this yeah, we, we? yeah. we all did the yeah, Kubrick module I remember yeah, I, I, I think it's, yeah. A, yeah. it's a really interesting film I, I think I did a presentation on it and, yeah. uh, as as it pertains to power and so it's sort of got Sidney Pollock in it who has the a couple of big scenes with Tom Cruise as the very like personification of power he's I mean he's more the idea is it says he's kind of more powerful as a man like in his masculinity than Tom Cruise because he's this kind of like rough hewn old dude Mm. and just get shit done whereas Tom Cruise doesn't know how to get his hands dirty but also he's just like richer and more powerful than Tom Cruise could ever be yeah. <laughs> it kind of, just kind of makes that point and uh, he's part of this like elite sex cult where they're just all like having like yeah. just do weird well, basically shit. Pizzagate yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly just some Pizzagate shit um, you know like conclusive proof that Clinton was like involved in all that stuff <laughs> Alex Jones uh, laid it out for me I think Tom Cruise and his then was it fiance or wife uh, yeah and Nicole Kidman yeah, yeah he, they were married at the time yeah absolutely inspired casting for just you know vacuous <laughs> yeah. wealthy it's uh, one of Tom Cruise's best films and one of his best performances yeah. just fucking yuppie just himself <laughs> on screen beautiful yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um, I was what I should it's, uh, it's just a shame that it was again when it was first 
actually so critically kind mm. of like maligned in many ways. I don't know what they didn't like. It's, it's, it's just they it's, saw the stars and were like, ooh, I don't know, a, mainstream. There's a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of critics criticise it for not having a lot of the element, like, you know, Shining is always picked yeah. apart for its, you know, maybe, maybe, um, theories and stuff. <laughs> maybe there's the, a lot actually the going The bar, the bar, the bar, the bar, the Very Illuminati imagery yeah. and... Conspiratorial filming on kind of sets, the streets, and kind of creating that kind of unsettling dreamlike sameness. Yeah, because it's set in New York, isn't it? But I believe it was filmed in London studios. Yeah. Yeah. So they they made the sets all from scratch, and it's all. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think it might have. And the cult gathering was probably was shot at I believe a manor in kind of England. But it's all set in America, so it all has this sort of surreal element to it. I think that's uh, pretty interesting. And the whole, is it a dream, is it not a dream, you know, I know the, the dream thing is kind of overdone, but it never says one way or the other, which I think is quite interesting. He sort of embarks upon a kind of like psychosexual odyssey, doesn't he? It's where, very Freudian. Yeah, yeah he goes right. from place to place and encounters all these women without actually getting around to sleeping with them. Well, but... Of course, the original story, I believe, was influenced by, was it Jungian uh, psychoanalysis? Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a book from Austria in the 1930s, uh, before the Holocaust got into full swing, when it had a very thriving community of Jewish artists and think and it was a book by Arthur Schnitzler who was an author um, my boy the book was called uh, Traum Novelle or Dream mm. Dream Novel but I think in terms of maybe why it didn't get such as good a response as some of his other films is that he was dead and the critics yeah. were just like ah oh, fuck he like, couldn't explain yeah, himself yeah he? they were like oh we're never gonna get that long sought after interview with him we can fucking mug this guy off yeah yeah, I mean, an interesting thing is that Arthur Schnitzler was a Jewish writer and uh, the protagonist of his book, mm. Traum Novell, was also a Jewish character, I think called Fridolin, and he was basically ostracised uh, not for being uh, weak in terms of masculinity or less rich so much as other people, but for his Jewishness within the novel. And Kubrick, himself a Jewish artist, conspicuously played down this aspect of the story, something that he was often accused of doing in his movies. Yeah, I don't no, I mean you've disagreed with me on this. I personally feel like Tom Cruise could pass for Jewish. Like he's got think? dark hair. Like I don't know what color his eyes are, but they're like, I don't know. Because originally Kubrick wanted to cast Woody Allen. He he wanted it oh, to well, be a Jewish. Woody person. Allen is yeah. like the <laughs> Jewish man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, he he wanted uh, to just go like for for somebody uh, yeah. very conspicuously I, Jewish. For but, those but, who don't know, I'm a very Gentile-looking Jew, though. So yeah. I, 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 by comparison, a lot of people look quite Jewish, like Jack. That's all. <laughs> I don't know if Tom Cruise looks Jewish compared to you, though. The dark hair is what does it for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not, I mean, not for me to say. From I guess, behind, but... I don't know. I don't know if his face looks necessarily very Jewish. No, uh... Sorry, this is just a setting to like a third <laughs> Reich, so... Uh, genetically... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, no, basically, he wanted somebody who was more Gentile-seeming. Uh, he, he, he thought Tom Cruise was like an uber-Gentile. He wanted yeah. someone who was like the quintessential middle American oh, guy. And he, he wanted someone kind of yuppie-ish as well. Somebody kind of... Mm. I mean, he could be Jewish, but someone kind of like, at the very least, like racially ambiguous. Like, he just he's just a white guy. I mean, I suppose Woody, Woody Allen was quite bourgeois, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was as well. He was still going to be like an Afro- affluent middle class character. Yeah. To an extent, I suppose, maybe, maybe, 
maybe Kubrick was just sick of that sort of stereotype of the Jew always being the middle class guy. Mm-hmm. With the like, the character is not a very good guy. Is he? He's not no. necessarily evil, but he's just he's not a great person and. Maybe it's just like, let's not have a Jewish person in this role. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but um, Kubrick was actually uh, criticised by some for Sidney Pollock's character um, yeah. being a kind of anti-Semitic stereotype of this super rich and powerful guy who's pulling all the strings and has a, an elite well sex cult. I, I just got Illuminati from that, but then I guess yeah. the Jew- Jewish stereotypes are very much part of the whole Illuminati. Thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just, you know, it's just the self-hating Jew thing is quite an offensive concept, yeah. and I don't know if Kubrick would do, do some character just ripping on Jews. Like, like why would he do that? Also, Harvey Keitel was originally going to play the character before Sidney Pollock and Harvey yeah. Keitel does not come off Jewish I, th- I think the whole film very pl- uh, much plays to the whole just conspiratorial Illuminati stuff which you know he, I think he was just playing with those tropes basically yeah, the globalists yeah, the yeah, reptilians yeah, yeah. Tom have you got any Christmas movies for uh, us I'm going to go and throw one out Bill Murray and Scrooge. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, I just, I find, I mean, it's such a lame thing to say about a Scrooge story, but I find the ending so unconvincing. Oh, like, when not really feels like fully, like, kind of, yeah, no, do, do you think he's still, he's still a fucking him? asshole. He's just like a snarky fucking rich guy. You know, he's just a rich prick with all, like, the fucking arrogance of Bill Murray. And Bill Murray himself is a Any rich Bill prick, character but he's, kind of role could he's never Bill Murray. <laughs> but but then Bill Murray it's is Bill also Murray. Bill Murray. Oh fuck! Oh. <laughs> I've never seen this film, so I I I just found it kind of like it didn't it didn't quite work for me. But it did have funny bits towards the start. But I wasn't moved by the ending. I didn't have the spirit of Christmas imbued with me. It might have been because it was like fucking May or fucking something when I watched it. But I don't know. Oh. are there any great Hanukkah movies? No. The Hebrew Hammer. The Hebrew Hammer, <laughs> the Hebrew yes. Hammer is a great film about a Jewish superhero <laughs> played by Adam Goldberg. <laughs> um, and it's a good laugh. It's like a tribute to the black exploitation films of the 70s. Jewish exploitation. And it's just basically about a, a no nonsense Jewish vigilante who kicks some serious ass. You're probably going to have to edit this out, but you know, I, I always like to watch The Passion of the Christ around this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the good times, you know. <laughs> Please, can I put that in? <laughs> Whatever you like, <laughs> No, we, we get all the shitty stuff. We get Adam Sandler, Eight Crazy Nights, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh, what are the worst oh. Christmas films? There's a good. Oh, Hell. I've Got a good one, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, a very oh, Harold yes. and Kumar 3D Christmas. Yes, yes, um, yeah, I approve. I approve of that dialectically pleasing film. Recently <laughs> rewatched that amazing trilogy. Oh, first, yeah, really hold up. Fear the NPH. <laughs> Wait, what? NPH, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gay. Gay for the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what have, what have, what have we got? Um, uh, we, so there was also a new film by a respected auteur out of the Christmas market, or rather it was an advert for H&M, who I believe do <laughs> clothes? Am I? Yeah, yeah. Yes, they do clothes. So what do we make of uh, Wes Anderson's new Christmas short? 
Asian first I thought I was watching like an outtake from one of his recent films yeah. <laughs> it basically did feel very very Wes Anderson yeah I mean um, they have the Darjeeling Limited thing of like panning along the train and showing all the yeah. people in their, their carriages Adrian Brody was in it just saying some kind of boring shit and just seeming a bit fed up again very very Wes very Wes. Yeah, it was Wes extremely Brody. Wes Anderson, uh, really. Um, very but intricate. it had no actual content whatsoever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it felt like it was building up to something that they've actually delivered in what it was. No. Yeah. He's done some good short films as well, I thought. Like Hotel sure Chevalier. Is really, he, he can be style of a substance at times, though, Wes Anderson. He can be. He can be. I thought uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel was good because it was like it was really funny and it had, yeah. it had uh, you know, all the good people in it who he usually works with, like um, Ray, Ray Fiennes in you know, a great lead. Because yeah. Yeah. I've not seen the Darjeeling Limited. My first thought was the Grand Budapest Hotel. I, when I saw yeah. it, I was like, yeah, this feels very... I don't know, has that it did. feel a synthetic sort yeah, of... Yeah, like I said, kind of intricacy. Like, uh, it's like a Battenberg cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah um, very much. I was disappointed, because, yeah, it, lots of setup, not not much payoff at all. Uh, no. Not, not whatsoever to speak of. It no, and, and just, like, one famous actor, it's like, come on, Wes. Like, generally in your films, it's like five per second. Like, yeah. just... just <laughs> Just Adrian Brody, like, could Bill Murray not even, like, just, like, phone in, like, hey, man, what's on? <laughs> Get on, like, a green screen. <laughs> just trick B- Bill Murray into, like, doing one of his random appearances, like, hey, Bill, I heard there's some bartending work going, like, it's just, just basically, like, hey, where's, where's the shit? It's like, got you, you're on camera. Can I just say, it's a fucking ad, so, fuck, yeah. Ads. Yeah, F- fuck ads. <laughs> Yeah, straight up. Um, now, there's a couple of other things that are out for the Christmas market, both, <laughs> both from those affiliated with the Labour Party. So we can't rip on either of them too hard because they're both for good causes. So from the moderate wing of the party, the MPs themselves, including um, Dan Jarvis. Dan Jarvis. <laughs> I didn't. I honestly didn't recognise mo- most of them. It's such a low rent bunch of MPs. Angela Rayne is in it, who's actually like good. But yeah, Dan Jarvis and just just some 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 other MPs. I think it's organised by Siobhan McDonough, who's heavily involved in the Blairite Ginger Group Progress. Mm. Someone, somebody, when I used that phrase on Twitter the other day, somebody asked me, like, are you just calling out the Blairites as vile gingers? Uh, no, ginger group is a political term for a campaigning organisation within a party. Um, but, um... <laughs> I'll be honest, I'd never heard that before. I was, I was like, okay, random. Yeah, I saw, I saw you chuckling. It, it uh, sort of made me think of the uh, divide that we were talking earlier, though, about uh, old Labour and new Labour. Because what, how, like, produced it was. I mean... It, it kind of makes me feel like it would alienate, like a sort of the Labour vote that have got to sort of try and get off UKIP. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think, think if they watch something like that, it wouldn't appeal to their social well, conservatism. Just, so it's a version of um, Do They Know It's Christmas Time. Oh, <laughs> oh it's just so cringy. Um, yeah, but with lyrics about workers who are being exploited by uh, bad bosses of uh, various big companies. And I mean, it shows an interesting development, which is that Blairites have, have yeah. uh, they feel are prepared to call out some big companies. Although Sadiq Khan suggests that they don't feel willing to do that when they get into power but basically yeah, uh, they actually did something rather than just saying something 
Yeah. Um, basically, they get it all together and sing just in a fucking god awful tuneless way, all palling about. And they dedicate it to Joe Cox, which is nice, but it's got n- not much to do with Joe Cox. Yeah. They could have done a kind of you know an antifa version of it. Yeah. That would have been. <laughs> or not actually, that might have damaged the antifa cause. But um, no, I I think that um, it's bad. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really want to rip on it too hard but it, yeah. it's just yeah I think you're right that people will just look at it and think it's fucking stupid uh, these uh, MPs should be doing something better with their time it's kind of like um, I mean personally like uh, like the social liberalism represented in the video I mean I'm, I'm kind of in that school of thought I just don't think that would appeal to more like the sort of UK yeah. like part of the electorate I mean I feel like I actually Pretty much agreed with because, what they were saying. It's kind, yeah. of, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the right wing people's criticism of the BBC. Like, yeah, it's very like the left. The comedy is like very left wing, etc. Yeah, it's like oh uh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's, it's, like, it's like the PC. Like, oh, the you stupid companies! Yeah. You're being very naughty. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like the anti-PC brigades. I, I, I feel like it falls into the same trap of Ed Miliband of just being quite simply very dorky. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, good message uh, often. You know, not not terrible what it's saying, but just really just you don't want it's not cool at all not not even slightly yeah but i mean making political songs it's it's a fine line to tread and uh this does not succeed in anything other than just maxing up the cringe factor i think musicians should make political songs and politicians should do politics you know yeah yeah no absolutely um, make political politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the stuff about it being just kind of a good message, but just kind of dorky and ineffective, yeah. uh, that brings us on nicely to uh, JC for PM for me by Rob Johnson and the Corbynistas, mm-hmm. which is, it's god awful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like, I kind of like, yeah, Corbyn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good, good message. But like again, it does it does fall under the just. Uh, I think the last thing. Fucking Nigel Farage would call him the Metropolitan Elite. Yeah, just I, making a music video. I, I mean, the last thing then, we need is just to be portrayed as this kind of like uh, silly, silly be, old yeah. lefties, kind of irreverent. Uh, oh, we believe in the real socialist values, kind of. And, and, that, and that's embarrassing. How it get, that's how it get written up uh, if it got any sort of like press coverage. Oh, I, 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 it does scream of just a dad trying to be cool. Yeah, I, I'm sure that Rob Johnson is a nice guy and is very committed to socialism. But um, it is, his music is, um, I mean, it's just bland as anything and and just so um, gimmicky and, and, and just not hard-hitting. And I know I mean, it's a I mean, fucking Christmas song. I mean, when Frost did that song. kind of marketing, he got, like, lauded in the press. When he did those like adverts on TV and stuff, and you know the stuff that was like for entertainment. Yeah, what? But I think if like something like the Labour video. Yeah, well, like, I, I'm glad Corbyn himself isn't involved in it because that really would yeah. be a fucking embarrassment. But he's clearly like approved it. It's being bigged up by all the people mm-hmm. involved uh, with Labour, and I just think it makes us look like a laughing stock. It's just it, it it's honestly it's boast it's just boasting about how brilliant our values are, yeah. and um. 
you know, that's what the right wingers mock us for constantly. Just... Well, I thought you are pretty brilliant. But uh, so I, I, I don't think either of these um, have met our uh, approval. Uh, we're not going to like say anything too mean about them because they're for charity. For a good cause. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, we're, we're thoroughly disappointed. I like them, but uh, well, in terms of like the message, but it's kind of like yeah. preaching to the converted, the way they presented it as well. Yeah, exactly. I can't yeah. see any shit in there that's going to. Not persuasive to outsiders. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're gonna kick off the game show aspect. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new segment of our show in which we all sadly become Richard Osman. Yes, a special guest of the week gets to participate for great imaginary prizes. Yes, so for the prize of a certain number of communism that we will give him. Um, 1,000 communist points. <laughs> uh, Alex is going to play a game called Cop or Comrade, in which we will be throwing some names at him, and he has a short amount of time in which to work out whether or not they are a cop for the police. So, we have a list of names. And we are going to run these names past Alex. So, Owen Smith. Uh, cop. Dan Snow. Um, cop. Neil Young. Uh, cop, comrade. Jess Phillips. Uh, comrade. Liz Kendall. Oh, cop. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Kinnock. Uh, comrade. Ooh, interesting. Mm. <laughs> Owen Jones. Uh, comrade, definitely. Kanye West. Uh, comrade. <laughs> tough one, tough one. <laughs> it just says Clinton. Uh, cop, uh, but it sounds all the way, man. Okay, okay, both Clintons, cops. Cops, all Clint Okay, yeah. cops for the police. Okay, Ken Loach. Uh, uh, Conrad. Adam Sandler. Cop. Andy Samberg. Um, Conrad. Okay, Val Kilmer. Um, Conrad. Ho Chi Minh. Uh, cop. <laughs> uh, Rosa Luxemburg. A uh, cop. Pudding. Brackets. A cat. A uh, comrade. Lenny Reifenstahl. <laughs> the foremost propagandist of the Nazi regime in the cinema. I should, yeah, cop. Hang on, I need to think about this one. <laughs> okay, okay, George Orwell. Oh, comrade. Okay. The South Yorkshire Police. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a tough one. Uh, cops. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's Tory friend. Cop. <laughs> okay, let's uh, look. I let's want to disassociate sure myself were, from him and I really, say he's okay. not really a friend. I really wish you were <laughs> a person who happens to exist I, in my life. Okay, really like, okay, yeah. So, um, so let's let's look at your answers. So, Owen Smith was declared to be a cop. What what do we make of that? I think that's roundly a cop. I yes. think I think that's true. Now, Dan <laughs> Snow, you originally said comrade, but then you changed your opinion to cop in, on the second take. What happened there? Um, oh shit. Were you um, rapidly re-educated? I, I think I was, I was, I heard Jon Snow. Well, it turns out that your, your crazy gamble that you took paid off. Because That's Dan Snow point. is indeed a liberal slug and works as a cop for the police. He, he runs a police front organisation called More United. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Neil Young, you, you put that he was a comrade. 
That would be correct. That would be absolutely correct. Neil Young is the absolute fucking boy, and we will not have a bad word said about him on this podcast. Jack, because you are literally wearing a Neil Young t-shirt. I am literally wearing a Neil Young t-shirt. We will. uh, Our guest might have had a slight clue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We will focus uh, more on Neil in the future episode. The next is Jess Phillips, who was declared to be a comrade. What do we make of that? I I am of the opinion that Jess Phillips is a bit of a cop. Uh, Will be one demerit. Now, Liz Kendall, you uh, put that she was a cop. That would be very blatantly correct. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. now I think Liz Kendall comes across as quite an affable person, but unfortunately her politics are firmly cop politics. Nothing personal, but massive cop. That was was correct. Neil Kinnock, you put um, comrade. What do we make of that? Mm. That, that was that was uh, true with a bit of mm. like yeah. he was on the right team, but that's not saying what. Uh, I think recently I was quite surprised actually. He's had quite quite a lot of backlash. Very anti Corbyn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was really surprised with because he was like well, we heavily, recently... heavily like union, like wasn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, he he fucking left the miners for dead in that strike. I don't I don't think his yeah. his uh, we recently watched a bunch of party political broadcasts for the last episode. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, or the next episode or yeah, uh, just Schrodinger's for, episode for crimes against cinema. I think that yeah, that's that, why that Kinnick, so Kinnick deserves um, you know. We're uh, all right. Oh God, yeah, we're just, all for right. unwarranted optimism, just for being a prick, no future government. shifting the party to the right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm afraid we can't give you that one, so I'm putting a big cross for ideological incorrectness by Neil Kinnock. <laughs> Owen Jones. Now he has been declared a comrade. What? Oh, cop, cop. Do you, you think Owen Jones is a cop? Is, isn't he now? Isn't well, I Tom. Thought, I thought Tom, he was a comrade so turned cop. Tom, it's, it's so hard to what, say. What, what, like, what do we think? Just publish articles that I really do. Where the view, it's like I can dig some of his recent uh, opinions on some of his articles, but then sometimes it's just it just descends into just mm. yeah, you know what I mean. It's, kind of it's, finger wagging at the left. Yeah, but I, he feels I, I think he's very objective. Though. But but I, just, I, well, for where he thinks he's in this position now, where he has to kind of fend off people from the right and the left. It's not really. It's not really offering constructive criticism sometimes to kind of what the core people are saying like he's become less radical like i think um maybe he's not as radical as he thought he was when ed Miliband was leader he was to mm. the left of that and now that these ideas have been normalized he's not really liking the way that the radical left are going about implementing I mean, them he gets banded around as like um a champagne socialist you know no i i think he's but, a very um, sincere yeah, guy I, I think you know he's quite he's quite a, like heavy activist as well yeah, I think he's got a bigger profile than almost any other left-wing journalist, and he's he can be a very valuable voice for the left in the media, but I haven't liked his turn in the last few months. I hope he hasn't been turned into a cop. So should we give him a cautionary comrade? Uh, sure. Just... How about the majority? All right. Okay. Kanye West. You, you Yeah, you said that he was a comrade. Yeah. What what do we think of that? Is Kanye a comrade? Um, I think he, after I think he's very subversive and neat. Yeah. But is it subversive to hang out with the US's new mm. ultra authoritarian fascist president? <laughs> <laughs> 
But he is known for being a bit of like, Art- a troll as well. Artistically, he? he's mm-hmm. a comrade. He is, yeah. I, I mean, he's brilliant. Clearly, he's going through some stuff right now. Yeah. And who, 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 who even knows? He shouldn't really be in the public sphere right now. He should yeah. be recovering Absolutely. and gathering his so thoughts. So soon after to... being hospitalised. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Alex Jones reckons he knows the, he knows the <laughs> truth, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he, yeah, he's seen through the globalists, and that's why he's yeah. meeting up with I, Trump. I really <laughs> sincerely hope that he doesn't surround himself with a bunch of yes men who just kind of feed his delusions and I, I think I almost can... certainly think he does oh I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're talking about a man who wrote a song I am a god uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that was a shit man I am a god that is was great fire. it was fire but you know <laughs> hurry up with my damn croissants not dissing his music at all great stuff no I, 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 I sincerely hope that he makes a full recovery and returns to sanity yeah. relatively speaking <laughs> well yeah no Absolutely, like the best uh, wishes to him dealing with his mental health issues but you can understand why him hanging out with Trump is beyond the pale for a lot of people Uh, Flying Lotus uh, said that he was unfollowing Kanye West ironic I mean I I really think meeting with ironically meeting the President of the United States Sasha Baron Cohen got around to doing that at any point (laughs) yeah no I I, I really do think his dalliance with Trump is ill-advised and he he talks about he wants to end gun violence in Chicago through his uh, summit with Trump but he's trying trying to end gun violence with a man who's endorsed by the NRA, yeah. uh, most of the major police unions. Yeah. Stop and frisk. Yeah, I, I, you know, I really think he needs to be around other musicians and some creative yeah. and thoughtful people to keep him on the right track. And he, he <laughs> clearly is hanging out with people who think it's okay for him to like Donald Trump. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, so everyone what... in like the in like the cultural industries have just sort of rejected Trump having Yeah, but I mean I think that's one of the reasons that he that he's got so much support that smug media liberals have just pissed everyone else about it. So, what are we saying about Kanye then? Uh, Kanye is Kanye a comrade or a cop? Because I think fucking working with Donald Trump is a pretty copy fucking We're gonna thing have to, to do. cast a vote, boys. Um it's difficult. Mm, but he's oh. given us so much joy through um, all his music. And, and, I'm gonna say a tentative comrade for now. Like, yeah, I don't agree with. I'm not, this is not my endorsement of his endorsement, but I'm just just for the wonderful years he's given us as a musician. I'm yeah. gonna say for now. Yeah, I think you know cautionary comrade. Yeah, I think cautionary <laughs> comrade because we've we've never looked up to him as a political influence. Sometimes he's hit on something in his songs, but yeah. it's it's always been incoherent. So, okay, <laughs> Kanye, cautionary comrade, Clinton, you said cop. Whatever Clinton it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because, because yeah. I, I think she represented like more of the same for the people who were disillusioned with Obama. I'm more pissed off with the Democratic Party because of that. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was uh, just as establishment as they come. Yeah, and Bill it was no better. It would not have been hard to just pick <laughs> I mean, somebody it, less tainted. Personally, if I was in a swing state, I'd obviously go... Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like Trump in office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'd much rather have like Bernie Sanders been on the. Yeah, 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 we 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 all agree with that, I yeah. think, and so we will second that motion that fuck whatever Clinton, they are cops. Ken Loach, you said not a cop, a comrade. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, we like Ken Loach. He's good. Adam Sandler, you said a cop. Absolutely. This is true. Adam Sandler works for the police as a cop and does law enforcement work and he, he is a Republican. Barrel. And Andy Samberg, not a cop. Well, we've just uh, said how much we enjoy his comedy. We've extolled the virtues of the man. He is not a cop. 
Uh, Val Kilmer, you also said not a cop. I uh, wasn't really familiar. Uh, he's Val- a Christian scientist, but you he, know. he is a, a bit of a cop, but on the other hand, he's just a cool figure. He's just like if Val Kilmer. He's the man if he wants to believe what he wants to believe. I'm not giving Val Kilmer a cop vote. Was no, he like shoot or no, something? No, Wishing no, well for his uh, he, difficult period. He's he is a full on cop. Mm, yeah, race. absolutely. Um, I hope he's yeah. all right. Yeah, Ho Chi Minh. You said a cop. What do we think about glorious comrade Ho Chi Minh? Bit of a comrade, yeah. Bit of a comrade, Tom. <laughs> Yeah. Comrade. Yeah, comrade. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Ho- Full yeah, communism. Sorry, sorry. You, you, you lost that one. Rosa Luxemburg, you said a cop. I wasn't really familiar. That is just inexplicable. Okay. Rosa Luxemburg is a great, great German communist. And, and I'm afraid that is inexcusable. So here's an, there's an X there and another X. There's pudding, a cat, you put a comrade. Um... Yeah, cats. I'm not familiar, I can't. This is correct. Pudding is absolutely adorable. Pudding yeah. is the cat of my Twitter friend at Channing Tatum oh, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pudding is lovely and fluffy <laughs> and, and a great cat. Well, then I shall vote Comrade. Yep, Tom. Comrade. Yeah, good, because there was a three line whip on that. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Reifenstahl, the foremost cinematic the propagandist of the Nazi regime. Yeah, um, you put a cop. Um. <laughs> What what when, can I ask you? I, what is assumed, copish about making propaganda for the Nazis? I propagandist. I thought shit. Cop. Um, George Orwell. You put not a cop. Hmm. Absolutely. Unfortunately, not true. Orwell was cop. literally a cop at one point yeah, in his life. In India, wasn't but it? yeah, furthermore, he grasped up a load of communists, like with really like racist, <laughs> anti-Semitic, he was, he was and really homophobic. Uh, like he he wanted to get out of. That's why he wanted to get out, basically. Of the military and pursue like his life. He was no, that was like later in his opinion. life. Yeah, I I think his shit and against uh, totalitarianism just contributed to the spread of horseshoe <laughs> theory anyway. And his politics being and the English language essay just it's just a load of like small conservative mm. bullshit about uh, language. Yeah, not yeah. an encouraging way to use words. I, I'd say yeah. I'd say he's a divisive figure and definitely closer to cop than comrade. I I'm but... vo- I'm voting cop for a while. I don't know, but yeah. I think he wrote some good stuff. Cop. He wrote some good stuff and he killed some fascists in the Spanish Civil War, but unfortunately I think that he was a cop. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of slightly um, leaning towards cop. I'm like 60, I'm 60-40 <laughs> in favour of cop, so... So, he's a cop, I'm afraid. South Yorkshire Police, you put cops. May I ask you why? How? How could you say that? <laughs> well, Slander! I mean, just look at the news. Every, almost every day. <laughs> yeah. But for South Yorkshire Police. Um, so that was correct. And Yaya's Tory friend, you put a cop. Yeah, well, I'm going to say the coppest motherfucker around here. Yeah, he's, he's a cop. He's seen like a cop. He's uh, <laughs> he was ranting about kind of Thatcher was right. Just yeah, randomly uh, yeah, came in and said, said yeah, yeah I'm, so I, I support Thatcher. I that think that would confirm him to be a cop. Thatcher. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was wearing a fucking waistcoat, which this is, is probably what Thatcherite cops wear. On he, he, he absolutely hates Corbyn, but he yeah. likes Bernie Sanders. Down, oh yes, the Tories have said that to me before yeah. as well. It just shows the limitations uh, of Sanders' yeah. ideology. We're talking about a guy who literally has hunted foxes, okay? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I a hundred percent think he works for the police. So um, he is a cop, you got that correct, and of course, uh, remember the classic acronym A-C-A-T, all cops are Tories. (laughs) Uh, Yay, okay, 
So let's add up your points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You got fifteen out of I think twenty. Well done. Well done. You you officially have done okay in, in this game. <laughs> I mean, there was people, like, that wasn't that was like unfamiliar with. So. I don't think we're gonna have to send him to the gulag. No, I think I think we'll a, a short re-education day, electroshock therapy, electroshock, maybe a few drugs. <laughs> oh, poor you. There's hope for you. Drugs. There's hope for you. Okay, well, uh, that was Corporal Comrade, and uh, our guest Alex scored fifteen out of. 20 and did all right yeah, well done just need a bit more indoctrination yeah. <laughs> i'm here in the studio today with another fun game owen smith ladies and gentlemen how, how are you today oh hello i'm okay how are you oh you know i'm i'm okay well what are you getting up to these days then oh you know just dedicating a lot more time to my music Listening to uh, my Spotify, I've got a premium account. It's very good. Right, because I uh, so you know in a band or anything. A lot, no, no, no. I just just Spotify. Just listening to music. Oh, okay. My music. My okay. music. I like. Your I like music. my music. I like the stereophonics. I've been rediscovering Oasis. Good, good. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of uh, painting and decorating and. Right, so that's what keeps you busy. DIY. DIY, right? Putting up shelves, that kind of thing. Shelves, hoovering. How has the politics been treating you? Oh, uh, uh, the politics? Oh, well, I've been enjoying following my colleague Ed Balls on Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, I I think he's been fantastic. The politics, it's it's great. I've been representing the people of Pontypridd. In between your DIY? In between my DIY. I've and enjoying your music. The people of Pontypridd and I, we have... It's kind of an intuition on, 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 on my part, more, more so than theirs. Right, so they just have to intuit it from you. You know, I'm a normal man. I, I like my wife, I, who, you know, I beat off a thousand lads to, oh, to, to get with my did wife. Did you? Did you? I, I, one by one, one systematically, um, cold-eyed, busy weekend. integrity... And you know, I've uh, been able to uh, spend a lot more time with my 29-inch penis. <laughs> Look, it is a serious medical condition and... Have you not been able to get treatment on the NHS? Well, you know, the problem was that there was this company that was working for the NHS that was uh, sorting out the contract for them. And the, the, this, this company, overnight, they raised the charges on the medicine for people with 29-inch penises by over 5,000%. Is this because of the Tory cutbacks or...? No, 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 no. I, I, ah, what was their name? Pfizer, 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 I mean, I, I, Pfizer. Well, you know, I wouldn't want oh, to, sorry, I, I wouldn't want to name names, but, but generally they do a life, life-saving work. just butting in there. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I, 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 listen. Listen, can we talk more about, about how I'm a normal man, please? Yeah, please. Tell, tell us more about your DIY. My DIY. Well, I like to uh, do woodwork. I, I uh, made a sculpture of some of my heroes. There's uh, Anurin Bevin, the uh, founder of our National Health Service. 
And these are doorstops. Door doorstops. Do, door uh, so, sometimes I I sell them, and people use them as uh, dog posts. It, it's, Cat um, scratch posts. Yeah. Yes, my Neil Kinnock one was used as a gargoyle in one particular person's residence. And so, so you know, I'm doing good business. And I, I've done one of the ones of more current figures in the health industry as well, such as my Martin Schkeri. Anyway, um, looks like uh, that's we're getting to the end of our time now. But it's been very, it's been an honour for you to join us. Oh, 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 that's, that's no problem. Do you have any closing remarks for the people of Britain? I think it's a shame that Labour doesn't have my strong leadership, which, which yeah, of course I, I have evidenced uh, time and time again. I would be willing to talk to anybody. Some people say we must no platform those with our controversial views like the loony left students, but I say no, we should talk to anybody. ISIS included. And that is why, when I launched my 2017 leadership campaign, backed by the heavyweights of the Labour establishment, and also some surprising figures you would never expect, I won't uh, name names just now, Owen Jones, <laughs> I will put negotiations with the Islamic State at the forefront <laughs> of my programme. A new foreign policy, and, and, and what's based this on I, peace. And what's this I hear about uh, you suggesting a referendum on becoming a caliphate ourselves? Well, you know... So, what, what do you think of Jeremy Corbyn? Oh, well, you know, I think Jeremy is in many ways a, a nice man, but in most ways he is... A bastard. He threatened to call Conor McGinn's dad on him. I would be mortified if he threatened to call my dad on me. Conor has still not recovered from that. There was the way that some bastard shouted through my window, Owen Smith, you are a Blairite nonce. Go and get yourself you treated, you bastard. <laughs> Certainly harrowing stuff, harrowing stuff. It's a shocking thing to uh, there believe There was the that way that Corbyn, very good, 85, on the social media platform Twitter, wrote, Owen Smith should be deselected. He is a tosser who looks like the Zodiac Killer. Do you, do you have any words for the radicals and extremists out there? Yes, there's a campaign you can join. It's called More United, and it's young people, it's tech, it's crowdfunding, it's exciting. That is the future of politics, boys and girls. Well, thank you. That's uh, all we have time for tonight. Um, one final goodbye to our special guest, uh, Mr. Owen Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it comradely. Well, that has been the Real Politic Podcast with Jack Frayne Reed, Alex Gloss, Yaya Rice, and Tom Foster. I hope you've enjoyed our uh, dialectical um, nonsense. <laughs> our dialectical uh, rampackery. So, do we have any idea what we're going to be talking about next week? Our next episode will be. Either the one that we've already recorded about party political broadcasts, depending if we want to get this out in time for Christmas, or it will be our episode about Enoch Powell with uh, special guest Kieran Morris. Or a special episode, can Ed Miliband now eat a bacon sandwich?
exhibition. They should have. They, I, I noticed they didn't include um, footage of Ed Miliband eating that bacon sandwich in Ed Miliband, a portrait by Paul Greengrass. Such a classic moment of the Ed Miliband administration. <laughs> Battle the stone, Ed Stone. We're all right. Yeah. We're all right. <laughs> Do you reckon Ed Miliband on election night was just huddled in the fetal position going, We're all right. We're all right. <laughs> yeah, um Hard left. Hard left. Hard left. Hard left. <laughs> it's tech, it's young people, it's exciting, it's crowdfunding. <laughs> just getting sound bites. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the Real Politic Real Podcast Politics. with our special guest. Alex Close. And uh, we, we will bid you good night <laughs> and we will declare that uh, the films we have watched for this episode will not be consigned forever to the celluloid gulag. In, but in fact, they get full party membership. <laughs> full party membership. They are declared ideologically correct, dialectically pleasing, and will be released uh, into the public when we get yeah. our new film distribution company going. Please contribute to our crowdfunding episode. It's tech, it's young people, it's crowdfunding, it's exciting. Did I say episode? Star, Enterprise. Never stop stopping. Right. <laughs> Watch it now. Watch them both now. <laughs> um, okay, thank you very much, and uh, good night. <laughs>